0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I pray, um, think through my mind, speak through my lips. Holy Spirit, you and I are a dynamic duo. So help me to minister effectively the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, If you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 3.
2: Genesis chapter 3. So um, last
1: week I, um, I, um, yeah. Genesis chapter three, let's go here. So we, 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 we talked, last week we talked about uh, the beginning and how how many know that God has, a be- God has no beginning nor ending? He, he is, he's the, the first and the last, the alpha and the omega. There's no beginning with God. He's the eternal God, eternal father, un- eternal son, eternal Holy Spirit. But we as human beings, we do have a beginning but we have no ending. Isn't that good news? So you and I are going to live forever somewhere. So it wasn't so wrong of, um, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm dating myself, but a a show came out when I was a kid called Fame. And uh, there was a song called Fame. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. I don't know about the flying part, but um, we're going to live forever. I mean, that was scriptural. And so, yeah, we're going to live somewhere. <laughs> we're going to live forever. So there's no end to you and I. We're not coming back. We're not coming back as an animal. We're not coming back um, another opportunity to live again. You have one life, so let's do it right. And so we talked about the beginning, how God created a humanity. And, and how many know that we as human beings, we, we are a three-part being? Uh, You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And God breathed into man and made him a living soul or speaking spirit. So men, men and women are both made in the image of God. So we are image bearers of God and we are called to be vice regents on the earth. We're called to be representation. And we are to work with the Lord to fill the earth and subdue it and reign on this earth and multiply. And at this point, at the beginning, we, man and woman knew no evil but only good. And the same way God created the heavens and the earth, he gave them authority to create. And so we are creative beings. We talked a little bit about that last week, how we are creative beings. Uh, we create. Uh, one of the ways which we create, we procreate. Um, and we bring forth a life that never will um, die in the sense of will always exist, may die, will die physically, but not, not eternally. We're gonna, you know, we create beings that, that are forever. So we, we, we saw that. So let's, to, today we're gonna talk about the remedy. The remedy, everybody say the remedy. remedy. So the remedy, I looked up the word remedy. It's a medicine or a treatment for a disease or injury. It's a means of counteracting or eliminating something undesirable. Um, it's something such as a drug or a, ba- a bandage that is used to treat a symptom or disease or injury or any other condition. Oh, that's pretty nice, look at that. Um, and then we have also another definition is something that can corrects an evil or fault or error to, to relieve or cure A disease or disorder. So so I want to preach about the remedy today. So we saw from last week that Adam and Eve were created in a perfect environment. Satan used the serpent to deceive the woman. The woman ate the fruit, whatever it may be. I think it was a kiwi. (laughs) No, not really. I don't really think it was a kiwi. Um, And then gave it to her husband who fully knew what was happening. The moment that he ate the fruit, that's the moment that humanity fell from a place of righteousness to a place of sin. And now we're living in the fallen world. So if you notice, even gravity is, I mean, it's, everything is fallen. You know, nothing stays up. Everything comes down. So we grow as we're growing older then there are natural laws that are in place that starts to affect our bodies. And our bodies started to fail us. Thank God for Jesus and thank God for wisdom and thank God for things that we can do to eat and, and exercise and so forth. And um, at this point, I think I, I've, I've lost 48 pounds to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I got 68 more pounds to go. Somebody said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> 68 more pounds to go and 70 more years on the earth. Um, in 70 more years, I'll be out of here. I'm going to be ghost, not, not ghost like power, but just out of here. <laughs> and I'm never coming back here like in this condition, this fallen world. But we, we can see that you wonder why things are happening the way they are. And, and there's evil in the world. Where did evil come from? And, and so we're falling. This world is falling. It." it it, it's it's on a, a a it's heading somewhere, but Jesus came, and for those who will allow Him to catch them, He will break the fall, and set them up back up right. So we're gonna look at this. Um, God created humans to have fellowship and relationship with Him. He wanted them to reign and rule on the earth as He rules in heaven. Adam was full aware. Of what he was doing when he took the forbidden fruit, and at that moment, Adam at, at, at when Adam ate the fruit, the world of sin entered into the earth. Along came all the ugly offspring,s such as sickness, disease, pain, suffering, poverty, and many other things. It was at this time that we na- what we now know was birthed into the earth. So at. At the time of the fall, when Adam took the fruit, he transferred his authority that God had given him and gave it to Satan. And so God, <clears throat> contrary to popular belief, God is not the God of this world. Satan is, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, write it down if you don't believe me and look it up later. Satan is the God of this world. And so the world is under the... Deception of Satan. Satan is reigning. Satan is ruling over humanity. Majority of people in the earth are not believers. And the Bible says if anybody who doesn't believe, is because of Satan who has deceived them.
2: Just like he deceived Eve. And
1: these are some questions that people have often asked um, uh, one of the questions is, why do bad things happen? How many of you heard that question? Maybe you have asked that question. Why do bad things happen? Um, let me just give you a simple answer. Because of sin. Because of sin. Um, why is there sex trafficking? Why is there, uh, you know, all these other things? And we know because of sin. What does God, why does God allow evil to exist? That's a big one. Uh, this is another one. If he's such a loving God, why is this happening to me now? I've had people ask me when they're going through something, I- I've served God. I've done all what, what's right. Why is this happening? Because of sin. Not necessarily because of their sin, because we live in a fallen world. So Genesis chapter 3, let's go over there and let's take a look at this a little closer. Uh, Verse one, now the the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you should not eat of any tree in the garden? Notice that Satan will always question God's authority. Why did God really, really say that? Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you should not eat of the tree or the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you sh- will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. At that point, here's Satan deceiving the woman and he lied to her because Eve was already like God. He was, she was made in the image and likeness of God. She did not know good and evil, but she only knew good. So verse 6 says this. So when the woman saw the fruit, saw that the tree was good for food. What, what, what does that speak of? The lust of the eyes. And that it was a, a delight to the eyes that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So the man was there seeing everything happening. He received the instructions from the father, gave it to the wife, and he sat there, in silence and not said anything.
2: He was passive.
1: <laughs> he allowed the enemy to speak to his wife. He did not cover her. He left her uncovered. And I allowed the enemy to come in. "Adam, are you still silent?" That's Father's Day. (laughs) And so we see that Adam knew what was happening. Sometimes, as human beings, we know what's happening. And we'll sit there and we make a decision to do the opposite of what we know to be right. So this is before sin entered into the world. And he ate it. Um, It goes on. It talks about... um, Verse 6, so the woman, so it goes on. Verse 7, um, they both ate. And then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves long clothes. And, the, and, 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 and verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the, uh, in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God all among the trees of the garden. Some people are still hiding themselves from the presence of the Lord. And in the book of Revelation, it says that men and women will cry out and ask for mountains to fall on them, and they will try to hide. But the Bible says that when Jesus cracks the sky and when he comes to the earth, that every eye will see him. His very appearance will pierce the Antichrist. Verse 9, but the Lord God called to the man... Notice he went to the man and said to him, Where are you? Mm. It's like God still saying that today. Where are the men of God? Huh. Okay, I sought for a man in Ezekiel, and yet I found not one who was standing in the gap. He says, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree in which I commanded you not to eat? Notice that when God asks a question, he's never looking for an answer because he already knows the answer. He's God. He's all knowing. So he wants honesty. He wants integrity. When When you confess your sins... He is faithful and just to forgive you. And in Proverbs it says the person that covers their sins will not prosper. But if you confess and you're honest about it, there will be truth and mercy. And so it goes on it, it talks about and the man said the woman whom you gave to be with me. So here he's blaming the woman, the God for the woman. Said, "You know, maybe you should have gave me another woman." Um the woman you gave me. Uh and that's, that's kind of like I mean he is blaming God for the woman that he married to. And she gave me the fruit. Now he's blaming the woman. She gave me the fruit, gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. So the woman you gave me and she gave me the fruit. So now he's double blaming. He's blaming God and he's blaming the woman. And then the Lord God said to the woman <laughs> He said, let, let's see if the woman gets it right. What is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And now she's blaming the serpent. <laughs> and the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this and cursed are you above all the livestock and above all beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go and thus you shall eat and all the days of your life. And here's the hope. Here's the remedy. I will put an enmity between you and the woman because of your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And we see the promise. The remedy was spoken at the fall. Thank you, Lord. God does not leave a situation the way that he's that when he came. He, he leaves it better. And so here we see that shame entered into the world because of this fall. Guess what else came? Fear. God never meant for us to fear things or, or have fear, and yet fear came. Shame, fear, and blame. This is the fall of humanity. Humanity fell from a place of grace. and a a place of favor to a place of sin and disgrace. Sin entered into the world and everything changed. God's purpose and intention were twisted and and changed. Things went down from there. Why are bad things happening to people? Because of this fall. The hope is Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. Sin disrupts the ecology of humanity. There was a connectiveness uh, of interdependence and harmony among humans prior to the fall. Have you ever noticed that God never meant for us to be dependent upon anybody? Can I just kick down some sacred cows? It's it's Easter and I'm going to kick down some sacred cows. God does not want you totally dependent upon him. He wants you to do your part. Uh-huh. Total dependence is, I, 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 you know, I understand. And yes, in one sense, we're totally dependent upon God. I, I, I'm not m- removing that. All right. That's giving given, giving and granted. But I'm talking about sometimes people are crying for help. Lord, help me. And they don't do anything. How many of you, you got to do your part? You do part. Um, in order to be saved. God has already done the work for salvation. But if you don't believe and confess, salvation will not come to your house. So you got to do something. The Lord says, um, I I will give you the baptism in the Holy Spirit and give you the ability to speak in tongues. He says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, I'll give him to you. But how many know you got to open your mouth and speak? He's not going to make you speak. And I think sometimes people think God is going to do their part. I'm here to tell you, this is the people series, that there is a, depart, a, a part for humanity to play. You, cannot talk, you need to pray as if everything depended upon God and work as if everything depended upon you. You and God are in partnership. You can say, Lord, cover my children, protect my children. Lord, save my children. But if you don't live a life, that is representing, to, representing Christ to them, if you don't train them in the way they should go, there is no standard for him to use to save them. You got to do your part. So when people say, I'm totally dependent upon God, I, and I, I've come to this, detest this, and if you say this, I won't judge you. I totally trust God. What does that mean? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Then say not to use your understanding. It says don't lean on it. So if you're trusting God, you got to do your part. You got to use your brain. You got to use your, excuse me, you got to use your mind. You got to use your hands. You got to do something. Give him something to work with. Amen. You got to open your mouth. And you know, it, it, God use me. Make me an instrument of your grace. What if you don't over, ever open your mouth? He can't use you. He don't use closed mouths. He don't use um, unmotivated believers. You got to do your part. If you're waiting to be motivated, you'll be waiting. The devil makes sure you're never motivated. God wants to pull us out of our comfort zone. And we see from the scripture that how God, how sin interrupted this and made us more dependent upon each other than we should be. The sin disrupted the ecology of humanity. The fall Pixelated the flow of humanity through the deception of sin. Sin destroyed oneness. The world will never be one. There is no oneness outside of Christ. There could be solidarity, but not oneness. Oneness is a result of being one with with the creator. The wife, according to Genesis 3, wants to control the husband. And the husband wants to blame the wife. There's an ongoing war over gender and over the oneness in marriage. The remedy is this, that,
2: that through Christ, humanity is
1: reconciled to God and to each other. The blood of Jesus doesn't only gives us oneness with God, but also oneness with one another. Glory to God. That's enough for you to go home with. Uh, marriage Marriage can now have ecology. So can any other relationship within the body of Christ. The prayer of Jesus, Lord, make them one, can now be answered through his blood. There can be oneness and unity in Christ. Unity is only produced among humans because of the oneness with the creator. The ecology between humans and animals is destroyed because of the fall. The reason why animals want to, want to um, destroy or attack human beings is because of the fall. Imagine a world where animals got along with humans. Come on. Snakes was like, what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. You have a good day? The bears and the lions. When I was in Africa, I I was, you know, I didn't want to see any animals. (laughs) But I did see a big dog. I mean, he was taller than me. And he jumped on me. And I said, oh, Jesus, thank you. Hey, I just talked to him. I said, Jesus loves you. (laughs) Have you ever been around me with animals? I do talk to animals, and I do preach to them. I said, Jesus loves you. God wants to use you today. Today is your day. You can speak in tongues. I will lay hands on you and you'll be hushed on the break. I do. I promise you I do all the time. Right. Glory to God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in the reign of Christ. The Lion and the lamb will sit down together. I'm telling you, the fall destroyed everything but the remedy makes everything all right. Jesus' prayer will be answered.
2: All things that fell
1: will be restored. Everything changed with the destruction of the oneness of humans with God. The target was God, against God. Satan can't touch God. Satan, I mean, God is better than MC Hammer. But he's like, you can't touch this. I'm too legit for you to touch. I'm not gonna quit being God. I'm gonna throw my godhood around and you can't touch me. Satan wants to touch his very special creation, his image bearer. Satan wants to destroy the
2: very thing that he has a love for. The only thing that he can do is to get God's children to disobey him. And it is through this disobedience that humanity
1: is marred by sin. When we sin is disobedience to God. It is also any failure to conform to the moral laws of God in acts and actions and nature. So when we grasp the truth about sin, Then we can embrace the remedy that's in the cross of Christ. Sin is a destroyer. It will destroy you. Let's let's look at some scripture. Genesis chapter 4, since you're in Genesis, let's look at verse 7. Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. This is Cain and Abel, and we see sin destroying their relationship. So if you have some beef with your brothers and your sisters, you know that that is a result of sin because we're in a fallen world. So, my brother, one of my brothers, I got two brothers that are still living. And he, he says, you know, I'm the brother that looks younger than him. <laughs> Glory to God. Um, and he says, I pray that my, your sons don't ever know the stairs. So my mom and dad, what they did is, because I was an older brother, uh, I couldn't beat them. I wanted to beat them. But, you know, that's just not, you know, I probably would kill them. <laughs> so he, she said, they said, well, what you could do is you can make them walk the stairs. So when they did something wrong, I said, you got to walk the stairs. How many times? Ten times. And so they had to go. And, and the one going up and going down is just one. So they used to walk up the stairs cause, cause as punishment, on my punishment. you know. And I made them walk. I said, you going to walk. <laughs> so they were getting them steps in. They probably did hit like 20,000 steps. <laughs> while I sat down to watch television, that was horrible. <laughs> that was horrible. Man. I was like, walk them stairs. If you don't walk the stairs, I'm going to tell mama and daddy on you. I don't understand. So so that's what he was making reference to. Uh, Verse 7, if you do well, you will not be accepted. I mean, um, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. We see from here that once sin entered into the world, Sin wants to control you and I. Sin will not stop. Satan gets a hold of humanity through sin. God gets a hold of humanity through righteousness. Sin is the gate in which Satan rules. And righteousness is the window in which God rules. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4 says this, the soul who sins shall surely die. Death comes by way of sin. Romans 3 verse 23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To say you haven't sinned, you have proven this text. (laughs) We have all fallen short of the glory of God. James chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says we were dead in our sins and trespasses. James chapter 1 verse 15 says that sin basically tells us that sin is dangerous. Desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. So first it starts out with lust or a strong passion. And once your mind gets on that thing, whatever it is, it gets a hold of you and changes your heart, or in, in, damages your soul, or, or, or impregnate your soul, then you act upon those desires, and then sin is birth. But when sin gets finished with you and I, it will produce death. Death in your mind, death in your body, death in your finances, death in your relationships. Sin is a very dangerous thing. And some believers think lightly of sin. Sin does not stop until it kills you. Sin is pleasurable for a moment. It feels good, seems good at the moment, but when it gets finished, it destroys. Just like eating bad food will destroy your body over time. <laughs> uh, we got into this thing because of food. <laughs> And you don't think the devil is still using food to destroy our lives? Uh, uh, Don't talk about food. Talk about Jesus. To talk about Jesus is to talk about some food. Because Jesus says, I am the bread of life. (laughs) I give you manna that you'll never hunger again. I give you water that you'll never thirst again. And so sometimes when you're hungry, naturally, it's just a spiritual cry. Sometimes instead of eating in the middle of the night, just get up and pray. God is calling you for greater prayer and greater word time. It's not just eating and feeding your flesh. Do not make your belly your God. Do not submit to that. Resist, even as Adam was supposed to resist the fruit. Thank you, Lord. What do you call that? That's utterance. Um, As you yield to sin, you're yielding to the devil. How do you yield to the devil yielding to sin? You are giving place to the devil and the Bible tells us give no place to him. Don't say I just asked, I ask the Lord to forgive me as you enter into the sin. You're walking away from the remedy and into the sin. I don't think we understand the ugliness of sin and the danger of it. God has to punish sin because he's holy. He's just and righteous and Holy. If we don't view sin like he does, then we fall into the condemnation of this world. But God sent Jesus to the cross to die for our sins. Do you hear me? Sin isn't something to be played with. Yes, sin's power has been broken, but there is always the temptation of sin. For the love of God, we need to look to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. it says. You know, look into Jesus who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is before us. Even look to Jesus who did not despise the shame, who endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. What was that joy that was set before Jesus? You and I. We are the joy that is set before God Almighty and before Jesus. Romans 6 verse 23, says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I was in high school, and I'll never forget this. I was like, what does that scripture mean? For the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? What does that mean? But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ. And so I meditated on it and thought about it, thought about it, and I just thought about it because I worked at McDevils at the time, and at McDevils, they paid me wages,
2: and, I, I, and it hit me. Oh, so if I keep sinning, the payment of that sin will be death.
1: You know, sin has a payday. That's payday coming. One day or another, payday is coming. It's going to show up. You and I are going to be paid. But how many know that obedience, if you obey, it's going to show up as well? Amen. Amen. So the wages, the payments of sin. See, sometimes people think they get away from get away with sin, because no. nobody sees them, but God sees them. God sees and knows, and so He sees what's happening. So if you keep sinning, the payment of sin will be
2: death. That's spiritual death and physical death.
1: Let's go to um, so. Uh, I'm, as I bring this to conclusion, so I say like, amen. <laughs> Listen, it's it, Resurrection Sunday. So y'all can, y'all can be here to five o'clock, but we're not gonna be here to five. I promise. I got three more scriptures and then we'll be finished. Three. Everybody say three. three. All right. <laughs> Guess what? Jesus
2: died for people. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right. Um, he died in our place. He took our place. The Lord did not die for himself. He died for us. He died for our sins. People are the reason why Jesus came to the earth. The worst sinner deserves the most respect in the light of that he or she is the image bearer of God. This is going to mess up some of y'all, but I'm at a place I don't care anymore about how you feel about this truth. That Jesus died for the slave and the master. Yeah. yeah. All right.
2: All right.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Yeah. And we have to view people, even when they're evil, yeah. as image bearers of God. My God. They
2: and we deserve respect and honor as image bearers.
1: God who is the definition of love can forgive his enemies which we were all once. Once we were once enemies of God. But before we even received the forgiveness, Jesus died for us. When we yet enemies of God, he died. How much more should we love our enemies? The first thing that Jesus taught about prayer, we know prayer is important, is to pray for those that despitefully use you and bless those that curse you. So next time somebody curses you out, look for ways to bless them.
0: All right. All
1: right, Pastor, I was I was good with you until you said that. John chapter three, let's go. John chapter three. I I said this last week and it bears repetition. John chapter three, verse 16 and 17 is one of the, I, I believe it's the summary of the entire Bible. John chapter three, verse 16 says this. For God, I like the King James better, but you know, that's because I was raised on King James. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So we see from the scripture God so loved the world. Everybody says so loved, world. so loved the world. The Father loved the world so much that he sent Jesus, his only begotten Son, to love like the Father means he was, wasn't going to sit back. He wasn't going to sit back and allow sin to destroy his special creation. The, lo- the Lord, <laughs> we, uh, me and Courtney went through back and forth through this along with my, one of my cousins in um, Texas.
2: Um, and we talked about this. The Lord has a divine affinity towards humanity.
1: He, there's something about humans that he has a love for. Psalm 8 says this, what is man that you mind for of them? He loves people. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in him should not perish. God so loved the world. There is something. he, He has a special love for people. He did not die for animals. He did not die for angels. He did not die for the devil. He did not die for demons. He died for people. He
2: loves people. He loves you. You are God's best.
1: You're not just an afterthought. You are God's best. Say this. I want to get you free from, from what the devil's been trying all his life to destroy you with. I am, come on, repeat after that. I am, I am. God's, best. God's best. I'm God's special creation. I am. I'm God's favorite, person. God's favorite person. When you believe that, you'll be set free to release that potential that's inside of you, to walk in your grace, and your authority, to know God is to know oneself, and to know oneself is to know God. When you understand how special you are, you're not an afterthought. He sent Jesus for you. You are God's inheritance. You are God's portion. He delights in you. There hasn't been any creation that he has so enjoyed than people. He delights in your prayers. He loves you so much that he'll correct you. See, he'll let, he'll, he'll let things go out of whack when he's not that interested. But he has great investment in you. The reason why you're alive now is because he he believes in you, and the contrary to popular belief, he needs you, he wants you. I I, 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 I love um, this song by um, Marvin Gaye, and he's and and if you look up at YouTube, he's they're rehearsing. I believe they're in Jamaica, and they're just this is how much I've studied this song, and this and he's he's like laying on the couch, and I mean they like. I mean, the dude with the bass got the, the bees and, and um, the drummer, and they just, I mean, he just, they just jamming. And he's, um, he's singing a song called, I Want You. I want you to want me. You know, y'all know that song, right? <laughs> uh, no, y'all too young. My bad. Another generation. <laughs> he, he's like, I want you to want me. I want you. And that's the Father saying to us, through Jesus. Don't ever think for one moment that you're alone. Don't ever think for one moment that you are loved. To say that God doesn't love you is to, to spit in his face. You offend God. In some countries, if you don't eat what's presented, you offend the people that made it. Well, when you and I do not receive the approval and the worth that he made us, we are we're insulting the creator. When you insult yourself, um, some of those books, you know those books, Dummies, you know, Books for Dummies, When you have to buy one of those books, just cross that out. You're not a dummy. You're you're too special to God to be dumb. God doesn't make dumb stuff. He's purposeful. Even when you stutter, it's perfect in His sight. I used to be a stutter. I couldn't say a few words. But God changed me. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. Gave me a tongue. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, don't ever, don't ever speak negative about God's workmanship. Oh, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We're talking about the resurrection. He didn't get out of that grave for himself. He got out for us. He got out for us for our justification. He lived to save us from the wrath to come. He was, he, he, his birth is so important that he didn't have one lick or one stain of the first Adam's blood in him because the blood had to be perfect.
2: Glory to God. He sent Jesus for you.
1: He loves you so much that he sent his son to die death, to be separated from him, something that was impossible. Jesus was not separated from the Father for God's sake,
2: but for ours. Let me take
1: you back real quick. To the eons and eons of time. And then before there was a beginning, there was the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Perfect harmony, perfect unity, perfect oneness. They move together. They flow together. They thought same they weren't on the same page, they were on the same letter. They think like each other. They are God. Not three gods, one God. And they commune with each other. God who is in community expects his believers to be in community. You are, you are not to be alone. There's no such thing as a alone Christian. When you got saved, you got saved to a group of people. To have Christ and not the body is, 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 is a deception. God baptized. When you get born again, the first thing that he does, he baptized you into this great body of believers. He puts you as a member of the body of Christ, a member that cannot live without the other member. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Uh, You and I are connected to one another. We have this common salvation. I know some people glorify their testimony, but we all got the same testimony. We were once lost, but now we're found. We were once dead, but now we're alive. We once didn't have a savior. Now we have a savior. We once didn't have a group of people. Now we got our own company. Come on. We once didn't have a place to live. Now we have heaven as our home. We are citizens of heaven together, building up a cathedral for God to indwell in. When the church was written, when the word of God was written, it was written to the churches. Glory to God. So you and I are connected. And so the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are together and they're flowing in unity. And there's such love between them. They love each other. Oh, oh, they they enjoy the love between each other so much. They says, wait a minute, we got to have brothers. We got to have other sons and daughters just like Jesus. Because we want that love to spread. So he created Adam. And he created Eve. And he says, be fruitful and fill the earth. Give me a bunch of kids so I can love on them. That love is in love until you give it away. (laughs) Glory to God. See, you say, I love my brothers and sisters. But if you don't give it away, you don't love. Love comes through prayer and giving and, 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 and checking on each other. And the father loved us so much that he sent the best because he believed you're the best. Oh, God, you're not worthless. And I don't care how, how great your sin is. The greater the sin, the greater the grace. Oh, God, that you cannot run his grace. I run his love. Nothing you can do. You may frustrate his grace, but you can't stop his love. Oh, he died for you. He got up for you. He ascended for you. He is seated at the right hand of the father for you. He's make intercession for you and he's coming back for you. Glory to God. Y'all got me preaching. I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher. Uh, God has this divine affinity. If there was a weakness in God, it's you and I. Oh, he loves us so much. He goes out of this world. You can't be closer to anybody than being inside of them. And he's inside of us. Oh, God, we got a story that the angels can't talk about. They don't even know anything about it. And they're over there saying, what is it about humanity that you concern about them? Oh, he he knows the numbers of the hair on your head or not. He knows the inside and out of your body. He is concerned with what you're concerned with. If you're thinking, he'll do it. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Yes, he will. Let me give you this last scripture. You might have a roast and <laughs> you don't want to get it burned. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Well, we saw John 3.17, for God did not send his, world, his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God did not send Jesus to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved.
2: Thank you, Lord. Let's look at
1: First Peter chapter two, verse 18. This is my last verse. It says this. No, I'm sorry. Second, first Peter chapter two. And let's look at verse, chapter three, verse 18. I'm sorry. It's chapter three. First Peter chapter three, verse 18. Here we go. For Christ also suffered once for sins. Don't get in a habit like, Lord, if you love me, show me a sign. The sign is Jesus. Right. Lord, if you love me, answer this prayer. The, the, the answer prayer is Jesus. It's the remedy. Okay, let's look at this. For Christ also suffered once for sins in the righteous for the unrighteous, and this is the goal of salvation. That he may bring us to who? To God. Put, being put to death in the flesh. Been, but made alive in the Spirit. So we see from this scripture that Jesus suffered to bring us to God. You, you, did you get that? You are that special that Jesus, the God man, suffered so that you and I can be with God. So let, let, let me talk to you as you leave here. Jesus is the remedy of sin. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his blood was pure. And did not have the sins of Adam in it. His life was perfect and sinless. He fulfilled the law. He's the law keeper, the promise keeper, the one who pleased God. He's the mediator, the bridge, the one who destroyed sin and death. He became sin and he became poor. He became sick. He was grieved. He did not open his mouth. He was naked. Notice, Adam and Eve, the first thing that happened when sin entered, they recognized they were naked. Jesus did not have a little cloth cloth over his privates. He was naked. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was rejected. All for what? To bring us to God. To give us his righteousness. He he was put to death to give us life. Contrary to popular belief, he went to hell so we can go to heaven. He was rejected so we can be accepted In him, God the Father. Sin is no longer an issue. Jesus is the remedy for sin. So if a believer has a sin problem, they need a Jesus problem. They need the Jesus to be the reality of what Jesus did need to be in their lives. Sin's power is broken and destroyed. We are to enforce the reality as we release our faith and allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to live as righteous people. Because Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is the remedy. Everybody say Jesus is the remedy. Jesus is the, remedy. Jesus, is the cure. Jesus is the cure. People is the reason he came. If we are worthless, then Jesus' death was worthless as well. We're not worthless. We are valuable to the Lord. You heard me say it before. I'm going to say it again. We are big deals to God. We are something to behold in the eyes of the Lord. And most Christians that I know do not believe that. We are something special. He con- he's concerned about a pinky. He's concerned about the little toe being hurt. He's concerned about the eye, the ear, the, the body. He's concerned about everything. Everything in your life he's concerned about. Do you believe that he's that detail oriented, that he's that drawn to you and I, you and I? Divine attraction. He's attracted to us. Are are you with me? He's concerned about every detail of our lives. He is in love with us. (laughs) He did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. So the next time you, you see the worst sinner, whoever he or she may be, Jesus died for them. If you think of a person who you don't think is able to be reached with the gospel, you underestimate the power of the gospel and the love of God. I think right now, right now, right now. Think about the worst person in the world, in your world, right now, whoever he or she may be. Jesus is able to save him. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! His reach. See, he he specializes in what we consider to be unreachable. He brings value to a person. There is no value in the world. They based on your net worth. (laughs) But Jesus, but God sees you through the eyes of Jesus. Through the eyes that the fact that he created you. I'm leaving you with this. I said that. This is my last closing. He wants the world to be saved. He wants people. He loves people. People are God's best creation. Did you hear that? People are God's best creation. Let me tell you what you're saved from. You're saved from sin. Saved from his wrath. Saved from the devil. That's good news. Come on. Oh, God, the devil is no longer our master. Oh, God, the devil has lost the battle for all eternity. Jesus whipped his butt. Jesus put a butt whipping on him. Oh, God, made him go back. You know, the devil's playing the dozen with Jesus. Your father ain't going to raise you from the dead. You're going to be in the grave. Look at you. Day one. (laughs) I got you. Day two. I still got you. But on that third day. Oh God. He got up. Got out of that grave. And he folded. He folded it. Let let, let me let you let you know. I'm a God of order. I barred the tomb because I knew I wasn't going to be there long. I didn't need a house because I'm preparing a house for the people. Oh, glory to God. I'm telling you, that's how much he loves you. He created a whole place for you and I to dwell in for all eternity. And the Bible says in Ephesians, it says that, oh, in the ages to come. Everybody say Ages. ages. Oh, we don't even know. See, we only know this time zone and this, this, this dimension or dispensation. But I'm telling you, in the ages to come, he's going to show forth his grace. And we think we have known a little bit of that. We're like, oh. And then, and then as soon as we say, ah, oh, he's going to show us some more. In the ages to come. See, I believe that he created us and our minds is so they tell us our mind is, is is we have so much potential with our mind but that potential is for God oh god he, there's a, 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 there, there there's abilities inside of us that he he's going to reveal his glory in in the ages to come that we can't understand all that he is but in the ages to come he's going to continue to reveal his love towards us so, to reveal his grace towards us in the ages to come when we think that we know everything there is to know about God. He said, nah, here's some more. Here's some more. Let me show you my glory. It's going to take all, listen, it's going to take all eternity to know his glory. All of eternity to know him. See, we, we have not known joy the way we're going to know it. See, we think we get happy over a baby, over a house, over a new job, a new career, weight loss, whatever the case may be. We may do our little dance, all that and more. And I'm telling you, there's so much more. We have not known music like we're going to know it. We have not known laughter and peace. But right while you're here on this side of eternity, you can have him right now. He saved us from eternal damnation. He saved us from sickness and disease and pain and poverty and drama and mental disorders and anxiety and violence and famine and harm and danger and low self-esteem. He saved us from ourselves. Come on, come on! So today, if you are here you don't don't know him, it starts with by acknowledging his son. Today, the remedy is available. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to take a moment, and I want you to come face to face with the remedy for your sins and for, for 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 your life and for your eternity. Jesus died for you. You are worth it. He he left the glories of heaven for the poverty of earth to be with you. He wants to bring you to a place to know the Father, to know his spirit. His spirit wants to indwell you. And today you say, Pastor Dwayne, I don't know Jesus, but I want to receive him. Is there one? Be bold and brave enough say, that's me. Raise your hand. Say, I want to know him. I want to acknowledge his lordship. I want to acknowledge Jesus as my Lord. Today, he waits for you. The reason why you got breath is because he's still waiting for you to receive him. Is there one? Is there one? I want you to raise your hand. Be bold enough to raise your hand. Your eternity is worth it for you to raise your hand. Is there one? Do I see one? I think I see two young boys. Come on up. If you raise your hand, I want you to come down. Come on. Give it up for the two young men. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So you want to receive Jesus, right? So let's, let's pray. Amen. Close your eyes, folks. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I acknowledge that I need you. I believe in my heart that God has raised Christ from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord, for saving me. For saving you. Amen. 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 Welcome to the fe- family of God. Amen. Amen. You are saved. You are born again. Jesus lives inside of your heart. Come on, y'all give it up. There's a- angels rejoicing. You can go back to your seats. <laughs> Listen, I was saved at four. So, so you don't know what God is going to do with the individual. Amen. The remedy. The remedy. Jesus is the remedy. Oh, receive him today. Even as a believer, receive him. Walk in him. Oh God, grow in him. Be reconciled to him. You might say, I'm backslidden. He's married to the backslider. He won't let you go.
0: That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732 324 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org also you can write to us by mail at po box 519 rancocos new jersey 08073 and lastly if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.